the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome to the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and it is a pleasure to be with you again this week. As we highlight different ministries and look at what God is doing in different areas around the Bay, in churches and in parachurch ministries, and this week something uh, a little unusual for us in that we get to interview uh, pastor and author Ron Chin. He's the author of a new book called Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. I sure can. So we hope that you stay with us this week as we learn more about uh, pastor and author Ron Chin. He's with us in studio this week. Ron, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on the show. As we get started each week, we like to find out a little bit about the person behind the pulpit or the person who is engaged in ministry in one way or another here in the Bay Area. So I want to give you some time today just to tell a little bit of your story, how you came to know Christ uh, and how you got into ministry. You've written a book, something a lot of people dream of doing but never get around to doing. That's something I really didn't plan on doing when I was younger. I was much better at math and English. I grew up here in the Bay Area. I've lived in the Bay Area my whole life. I grew up in a little city called El Cerrito near Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a non-Christian family. I remember I went to church maybe one time when I was growing up. I was a good student. I was good at sports. I played tennis. And basically my self-esteem was based on those two things. And I was doing well in school, and I was able to eke my way into Stanford. I was originally on the waiting list, and I got in, and I decided to go. So I went to Stanford. I got a degree in industrial engineering. Mm. I graduated, and then I worked a couple years, and then I went to UC Berkeley to get a MBA. So when I was at Berkeley, I met this woman who was a Christian that I liked, and that was my initial draw toward Christianity. There you go. <laughs> and um, <laughs> heard that story before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was living in an international house in Berkeley at the time, which has half international students, half American students. Mm-hmm. And there was a man there who was a campus minister with International Students Incorporated, and he was doing a Bible study there. And he invited me to go to the Bible study, so that was my first introduction to Christianity. And you know, I think I'd kind of been looking for some. I was a person who was interested in doing something meaningful, and I'd never really been exposed to any kind of religion before. So I started to read the Bible, and um, I started to um, be drawn to uh, the Bible and Christianity. And as you uh, came closer to Christ, then uh, was there sort of a threshold moment for you where where you just uh, said, okay, this has got to be for me? It was more of a slower process with me. Mm-hmm. So even after uh, the ministers said, you know, it seemed like you were really close, but you never were, you know, didn't really accept Jesus. It was a slower process for me. Mm. So I graduated from Berkeley and I, I moved to Silicon Valley. I started working in high tech and I, I went to church and my expectation was that, um, and I, I became a Christian and my expectation was things were going to be great in my life now that it you know, I became a Christian. 
And what happened was kind of the opposite. Everything started going bad in my life. Mm. And it was really puzzling to me. And now when I look back at it, I can see that God was actually uh, kind of taking away my self-reliance. He kind of stripped me down. (laughs) And um, I was very much a performance-oriented person Mm -hmm. because I was... I did well in school. I was a good tennis player. Um, And he basically took away that or stripped away that performance orientation and learned and had me learn about grace. I had a really hard time learning about understanding grace. Learning about grace is where we're going to have to pick it up tomorrow because that is an important subject right there. And uh, we'll hear some more from pastor and author Ron Chin. He's the author of Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. You can find it at Amazon.com. Or go on Facebook and just look for that title, Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood. It's a privilege to be back with you again this week. And great privilege for us to be talking to pastor and author Ron Chin. He's uh, got a new book out called Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. Pastor Ron, thanks for being with us this week. Thanks for having me, Dave. The uh, new book, actually, this is the second of your books. The first one was called A Stanford Degree Won't Get You Into Heaven, right? Yes. That's <laughs> great. I love the title. And uh, and you actually went to Stanford and UC Berkeley. So you've uh, been both sides of the Bay mm-hmm. educationally yes. there. Right. Well, yesterday you talked about how the gradual grace awakening happened in your life. Um, can you take it from there and share some more about uh, how you then became a Christian and then through your work, how it eventually led into ministry. Yeah, you know, I really um, didn't know myself as well as God actually knew me. He created me, mm. and I always thought I had to perform well. And as I became a Christian, I started to understand how God made me, and he had given me certain gifts that really were kind of uncovered. And I started to understand his love for me at a deep level, and he started to change me. I became more relational, became able to relate to people better. And I started to understand that really one of the gifts he had given me was teaching. So I, even though I worked in high tech, I made a transition. So I worked, worked for a software company in educational services, and I wrote curriculum. And I actually also began to do a little bit of writing mm-hmm. as a technical writer. So God started to make some shifts in my life. Then... Um, in 2001, I had gone to work for a startup company, and I got laid off. And the interesting thing was that I got laid off on a Monday. The Sunday before, our, we had a guest speaker in our church, and he was talking about going on mission trips to Malawi. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and thought, it'd be kind of cool to go on a mission trip to Malawi. So after I got laid off, I felt like, oh, God, I think you want me to go on this trip, even though it was a little bit scary to me because I'd never been on a mission trip. And Malawi is one of the poorest countries in the world. So I went on this mission trip for three weeks, and it was a life-changing experience for me. And the difference between Malawi and working in the high-tech world is kind of like polar opposites. Mm. And when I was there, I was like, there's something wrong with me. And people there are so friendly and nice, and the pace of life is slow and the high-tech world is so driven. And so God did some really eye-opening things in my life. And when I returned, I returned, I think it was on September 5th, 2001. So it was like a week before 9-11. So wow. 9-11 happened, and that also impacted me. 
And I felt like after this mission trip and after 9-11, God wasn't calling me to go back to work in high tech. And he was calling me into ministry. And that's basically when I made a decision to go into ministry. So you stayed here in the Bay Area, I think. You, did you go to, you went to Fuller, is that right? Yes, I went to Fuller Seminary in the mm-hmm. Bay Area in Menlo right. Park. Um, and as many pastors in this area experience that, that, that uh, sometimes it's the immersion experience of, of seminary, in your case, like mine, it took place over so, several years of, uh, of training. And then you got into ministry. Um, in our last minutes here, can you just share how uh, now you're in another time of transition, right? And, and that's kind of what inspired the book. We'll talk about that some more tomorrow, but just give us a little information about yeah, that. Basically, I've been without a full-time job for about for over four years. Mm-hmm. I served as a pastor in San Francisco for almost six years, and I left that position. And ever since then, I've been without a full-time job, and I've been waiting on God. And in some ways, it's been a very difficult time, but it's also been a good time. Well, that is the uh, place where we're going to leave off and pick that up tomorrow. Uh, more with author and pastor Ron Chin. You can find his book, Waiting on God, in a high-speed culture. You find it on Amazon and uh, also connect with him on Facebook. Again, it's Ron Chin, Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. And welcome back to the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and this week it has been my privilege to be talking to pastor and author Ron Chin. He lives here in Fremont, has been working in the Bay Area, worked in high tech for a while, got into ministry, as we're going to hear some more about today. And uh, his new book is called Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. Pastor Ron, thanks for being with us this week. Thanks, Dave, for having me. You know, yesterday, as you shared a bit about your uh, transition, that that sense of calling uh, came out of some experiences, uh, the layoff, I guess that was the dot-com bubble bursting, right, back mm-hmm. in yes. early, early 2001. And with along with a lot of people who were employed in high tech, um, you found yourself kind of scratching your head, and then God opened some pretty amazing opportunities. So uh, a trip to Africa, coming back here, 9-11 happening, and then engaging in seminary. Now, after seminary, um, you worked a ministry position, uh, which, as you just shared at the end yesterday, when that came to a conclusion... Um, how did the book itself sort of come to uh, come to happen? Because there was, I guess, a lot of time on your hands yes. all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> and I interviewed and I looked for a number of different positions. And for one reason or another, God seemed to be closing the door mm-hmm. on each position. I had one ministry position. I went through a four-month four process. I was the only candidate. And I got to the very end, and I had a meeting, and it was like a really good meeting. I was 99% sure I was going to get the job. I was the only candidate, and it turned out I didn't get the job Mm. through a weird occurrence. So things like that happened, and it left me and my wife kind of scratching our heads, like, what's going on here, God? Why can't I get a job? And so last year, I had a part-time position that I was hoping that would turn into a full-time position, and it didn't work out. So again... I was kind of frustrated, and um, so I had started doing a little bit of writing for a newsletter, writing about technology and how to relate Christianity related to, tech, to technology. And I got the idea about writing a devotional book because I was in the stage of waiting. Mm-hmm. And while I'm going slow, the culture is going faster and faster and faster. Mm-hmm. I've seen in Fremont the changes that have occurred in Fremont. That's right. And so I thought, 
you know, I'm going to write a book about waiting on God in a very fast-paced culture. As you uh, began that process, um, was there times where you just wanted to set the writing aside and, and re-engage with that? Because there's something I know I've, at times when I try to retreat, I feel it's that fear of missing out, right? Like, oh, the rest of the culture is rushing on ahead of me. What am I missing out on? What's happening in the news, right? I don't know if you experience that at all. I, I think in my heart, I was always wanting to, like, do something mm-hmm. and to be able just to sit there and not, and be okay with it. That was difficult. Right. But I believe that God has a purpose for this time mm-hmm. for me. And it's not something I really desired, but I've kind of surrendered to that and said, God, okay, I'm, I'm going to just be okay with what you're doing in my life right now. And God has taught me a lot of things through this process. And I'm sharing those things in the book. Yeah, And I, I'm hopeful it will be helpful for other people who are struggling with a period of waiting. It could be waiting for a job, a spouse, a child, waiting for healing. So I feel like um, the things that I've learned, I hope they will be a blessing to other people. A couple of the uh, devotional titles, what does it mean to wait on God? Waiting shows us who's in control, learning to be a servant. Uh, does technology serve us or do we serve technology? Dealing with competition. So a lot of these topics are very relevant to a lot of people's lives. I hope that people take an opportunity to uh, look up the book. You can find it on Amazon. Again, it's called Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. It's a series of 52 devotions for spiritual growth in a technology-driven society. We're talking this week with pastor and author Ron Chin. Ron, will you join us again tomorrow? Sure, be glad to. All right, we'll have more tomorrow on the Ministry of the Week. And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and this week it's been my privilege to talk with pastor and author Ron Chin. His latest book is called Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture, 52 Devotions for Spiritual Growth in a Technology-Driven Society. Welcome back, Pastor Ron. Thanks, Dave. I think the the phrase that came to mind uh, was a twist on the uh, don't just sit there, do something, you know, make life happen. You go out and make life happen. I would sometimes preach, you know, don't just do something, sit there, uh, in part because <laughs> I needed to hear it uh, to myself. I was very uh, driven, forward-focused, future-leaning, uh, very active, and I hated waiting. I still do, most of the time. And so what I preached but didn't often have a, take the opportunity to practice was don't just do something, sit there and wait on the Lord. And then... I can already hear the people's rejoinder, wait a minute, I can't just sit there. I can't just sit there. I have to go. I have to work two jobs. I have to, you don't understand my life. You don't understand my stress. And uh, so what is waiting on God? Is it just sitting there? You know, Jesus said, you know, my father is always working. Mm. And as we wait on God, we can remember that God is actually doing something. Yeah. And I point this out in the very first devotional in the book. And I quote Charles Stanley and he he writes he writes waiting on the lord signifies an expectant endurance that is demonstrated by a directed purposeful active and courageous attitude of prayer mm-hmm. and so i believe that as we wait on the lord he is doing something in our lives many times he's preparing us for what is next in our lives but we actually need to stop and and wait and and try to hear him and let him work on us instead of going 100 miles an hour sometimes. 
And do you think it's always necessary to wait alone, or do we wait together? Like in this experience, you mentioned that you and your wife together have been in prayer, and and, and there's something to that too. So some of us, uh, you know, highly relational. Like the idea of waiting seems like, oh, that's it's necessary to be solid, you know, solitude, often a monastery somewhere. Yeah, I believe so. In fact, I have a devotional about waiting for God in worship. So there's some worship songs where talk about waiting on God corporately mm-hmm. and just waiting for him to come and to speak to people. And so I think my wife has kind of joined me in that process, mm-hmm. uh, even though she's been more active. She started a piano studio here in Fremont, um, but she's come to understand by watching me and uh, God has actually done done things in her life too. So it's been terrific. Now, tell us about the structure of the book. Is it? Is it? Uh, are these devotionals long? Because you know, people are in a hurry. They, do they have a? <laughs> is it a one-hour devotional? <laughs> well, I, I understood that, and it's really written for people in the high-tech world who don't have much time. So mm. these devotions, you can read them in five minutes. There's 52 of them. Mm-hmm. They're not daily devotions. They're weekly devotions. Um, so what if a you blessing. Don't <laughs> <laughs> and but if you are waiting on God, mm-hmm. you may want to read one every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's also my hope that perhaps there's some Christian groups in the workplace, in the high-tech workplace, who can take one of these and have a, a small group and discuss these in the workplace. That's a great idea. I know there's some uh, new uh, groups at uh, Google and Facebook and uh, Christians in the workplace that are getting together and taking advantage of their lunch break once a week and saying, let's talk about our faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. what a great yeah. idea. So um, highly recommended, folks, if you want to take a, a, a moment away with God and learn what does it mean to wait on God, I want to highly recommend this book to you, Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture, 52 Devotions for Spiritual Growth in Our Tech-Driven Society. also want to remind folks that this Sunday at 12 noon, the Ministry of the Week Sunday message will be on, and Pastor Ron Chin will have a message for us there. We'll also have an extended conversation about the book, and uh, we invite you to come and join us then. Ron, will you join us one more time tomorrow? Be happy to. All right. More tomorrow with our Ministry of the Week. And welcome to the Ministry of the Week. Happy Friday to everybody. We hope that you've had a great week, and as you've rushed through another week of work and you're rushing into the weekend, uh, we're going to talk about waiting today, waiting on God in a high-speed culture. I'm with pastor and author Ron Chin this week. His first book was called A Stanford Degree Won't Get You Into Heaven. And uh, Pastor Ron, thank you so much for being with us this week. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. When we got to know a little bit about your life at the beginning of the week and saw how God took you from the high-tech world and uh, in, in the business ventures of that, uh, into ministry where the pace is different and yet still very driven and now in a period of waiting, right? Uh, so uh, it's been a few years. You've been uh, coming up to some ministry opportunities where God shut the door and now in that period of waiting, God inspired you to write this book. Yes, and basically God had called me out of the high-tech world um, I got laid off, and I went on a mission trip to Af- Africa, which was so impactful to, to me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up leaving the high-tech world, and I went into ministry. I served for six years, almost six years in San Francisco as an associate pastor. And I, I left that position, and I believe that God had something else for me. But it's been over four years of waiting now. Yeah, I, I really think that I wouldn't have written the book unless God put me in these circumstances. Mm-hmm. And well, 
And I think it'll really be a blessing to a lot of people. One of the things we do on Friday is ask our audience to be in prayer for you, your family, and your ministry, and in this case, the ministry of this book. So how can we be praying for you? And in return, um, what would be your prayer for our audience in terms of the kind of the heart of this book? You know, I would hope that people would uh, read this book and it would impact their lives and they would think about our culture. A lot of times it's so easy to get caught up in what's happening in the culture. And, you know, it seems like things are going faster and faster and faster and housing prices are going crazy in Fremont. Traffic's getting worse. Uh, students work harder and harder and harder. And, and I actually read an article recently that um, we live in the Irvington district of Fremont, and I read that over 50% of the students at Irvington High School suffer from depression, mm. some form of depression. And I think it's kind of a, a symptom of what's happening in our culture where there's Things are happening faster and faster. People feel like they do need to do more and more. And I, I hope that this devotional book would help people to slow down, to listen to God, and to wait, and to kind of be a little bit countercultural. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's certainly what the gospel calls us always to do, to assess mm-hmm. our culture, see it through the eyes of Jesus. And uh, and there's something subversive about the gospel in that way, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Even as we're sitting here with the with the clock ticking and only moments, uh, you know, each day with these interviews, we say, wait a minute, can we just breathe deep the breath of God? And in that moment, the gospel changes us, right? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, well, Ron, I wish we had uh, hours to talk about how to wait. But the uh, opportunity this Sunday is uh, presenting itself for the Ministry of the Week Sunday message. So if you don't mind, can you join us in studio for that uh, uh, conversation as well? Yes, I'd be happy to. That would be wonderful. Sunday at noon, the Ministry of the Week Sunday message will be a sermon by uh, Pastor Ron Chin. He is the author of Waiting on God in a High-Speed Culture. It's a 52 devotions. They're short devotionals. We'll share some excerpts of that on Sunday at 12 noon, so you get to uh, get a little glimpse of it. If you'd like to uh, rush over to Amazon and buy it, um, you can certainly do that as well. It is really that good, and we want to highly recommend it. And, uh, Ron, thanks again for joining us on the Ministry of the Week this week. Thanks, Dave, for having me. Don't forget, folks, to join us next week at this same time as we'll feature a new pastor or ministry here on the Ministry of the Week, and we hope that you have a wonderful, restful weekend. May grace and peace be yours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.